When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 is a divisional weekend, ladies and gentlemen. The NFC South puts the first edition of Panthers v. Saints on the line. This one emanating live from Charlotte, North Carolina, as the Panthers play host to the team from down in the Big Easy. Welcome in. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Panthers country. And with me, as always, my co-host on the Views for Ministry podcast, he is the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, along for the ride. And Zoe, you know, uh, the, the the first segment here, we're actually going to be joined coming up here in just a few minutes by Jeff Nowak. He hosts the Inside the Saints podcast down in New Orleans, works for WWL AM and FM in the Big Easy. And we're going to talk to him about the Saints perspective on this matchup. But before we get there, let's talk about ours Before we start getting into X's and O's and schemes and tactics and all that, just overall, what's your gut feeling about this matchup? Not necessarily winner and loser, but just what type of game do you think we're going to see for our opening divisional matchup? I think we're going to see a lot of the same that we've already seen, except better executed. Because if you look at it, if you don't, in the Cleveland game, the second half or the, the last 35 minutes, as Matt Rule said, uh, the execution was excellent, uh, not in a Bret Hart kind of way, but close. Uh, they did really, really well. Uh, this last game, you start off fumbling the ball. I, I mean, the main thing is you hang on to the ball in the first game, you got a shot at winning. You hang on to the ball in the second game, you got a shot at winning. I don't know if they're uh, – stick them, I think, is, is legal to a certain degree or just everybody needs to wear those gloves. I mean, if everybody wears gloves, you're probably not going to drop the ball. Um, I, I just think if you don't drop the ball, they got a really good shot of, of doing some really good things in this game. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit on, on our show earlier today uh, and throughout the week. How much different is this game if you take away either of the lost fumbles, but specifically the opening kickoff fund, a fumble from Chuba Hubbard, right? I mean, you take that fumble out of the equation Carolina's got the ball early. They're in a halfway decent starting field position at that point. They get to come out and run the offense and and build a little confidence in the first drive. And most importantly of all, you don't give away a field goal. Uh, What was the score difference in that game? A field goal, right? That Chuba Hubbard fumble was, I think, deadly. Uh, and, 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 you know, I know it's easy for us, and we talked about this earlier as well, I know it's kind of easy to look at the game as a whole and go, 
And we lost by a field goal, right? And not just a field goal, but a very long field goal in the dying seconds of that football game. But the reality is, if you lose by a field goal, it means that one play somewhere in the game that gets made could have been the defense, uh, could have been the difference, pardon me. It's one thing if you play relatively mistake-free football, the other team plays relatively mistake-free football, and they're just a field goal better than you. It's another thing when you can circle on the play sheet one play, like the opening opening kickoff fumble, and go, if that doesn't happen, if that one play doesn't happen, the chances that we at least go into overtime of that game dramatically go up at that point. Well, let me uh, let me add something to that because yeah. Robbie Robbie Anderson also fumbled, which led to three points. You take away both those fumbles, that's six points off the board. That's a Panther win. I agree. I agree. Uh, and 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 again, the two turnovers are, are killers, right? There are games you, you hear the phrase: "If you win the turnover battle, you usually win the game." And there's some some amount of truth to that. But we see games all the time where a team turns the ball over a couple of times and still wins the football game. We're not there yet, right? That's that's something that happens to Tom Brady and the Bucks or Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It's not something that happens to a team that's on the outside looking in. Like, unfortunately, we just are right now. The truth is the truth no matter how much it hurts. You take those two fumbles off the board, we probably win that football game. We're probably one and one, and we got a different mentality coming back to Charlotte. It's a, it's a like it or not, or at least for me, it's a quasi negative mentality for the stat that we brought up in the last pod. Since the expansion to 14 teams in the playoffs, zero 0 and 2 teams have made it right now. We would have to make history to backdoor our way into a wild card. But losses like the loss we had to New York specifically to the Cleveland Browns as well, though we got jobbed out of that one. Those are the reasons that 0-2 teams don't make the playoffs. Uh, All I can say, though, is I very much hope you're right in that the execution is better. Because honestly, in both of those games, you can chalk the L's up to. As doom and gloom as some fans are being right now, in both of those games, we can chalk the L's up to little mistakes, right? We can chalk the L's up to a big-time sack being given away late in the game because Iki Aquanaru had the long splits. And instead of being on the hip of the guard, he was a step outside, and it let the blitz get through to Baker on a three-step drop where you can't afford it. Those little things get cleaned up, and this football team's 1-1, one one, maybe 2-0, and oh, and we're having a very, very different conversation about them right now. Oh, for sure. And, and the other thing is, if you look at the defense, even last week, as well as they played, there's like one series that they they went back to how they played the first week. One series. You take that series away, and the Giants don't score, and Carolina wins. I mean, it's just a matter of little things. Now, can this team get over those little things? Some would say the reason why they're struggling with it is because of coaching. And we both know, and so does every Carolina fan, that a coaching job could be uh, going bye-bye if they don't win this. And the other thing is the mentality of the players, even if you try to stay away from social media and, and TV shows, you're going to hear about the losing streak. And that definitely it gets, it gets in your heart, gets in your mind, it gets in your soul, it messes with all you are, and you're trying to, you try to shake that thing off. One little thing goes wrong, it's here we go again. you got to find a way to get past that. 
Is it one guy that gets you past that? Is it the entire team? I don't know, but they got to find a way. No, I, I for for the record, I absolutely agree with that. Right, mentality is important, and it, you know, I'm not I'm not big on oh, manifest your dreams into reality, but a positive attitude can change everything. And it's understandable why the Panthers would not have a positive one right now, especially considering we talked about this in the last pod, right? How do the Panthers reattain relevance amongst the talking heads of the National Football League? And the answer is win the game. But when everything you get, every time you get talked about, it's what? Matt Rule's getting fired and the Panthers suck. Well, that's going to get into the brain of even the most optimistic fan and especially football player this week against New Orleans, really good opportunity to fix that, right? Because let's look at the opponent we're taking into Charlotte on Sunday. You got a Saints team that went on the road to Atlanta in week one. By the way, they have opened up with back-to-back NFC South games. The Saints are opening with three consecutive NFC South games. If teams are putting a little more oomph into divisional games, the Saints would reasonably be a little bit more worn out after back-to-back slugfest with their biggest rival in Atlanta and then their second biggest rival in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. So the Saints go on the road to Atlanta in week one, and what happens? Marcus Mariota looks incredible against the Saints, especially running the football. And the Saints, which were a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, need their own last-second 50-plus-yard field goal in order to walk out of Atlanta with a very narrow victory. They come back home to Week 2. They've got Tampa Bay. Brady's coming down to New Orleans. And what happens in that? They play a real good game. What was it? 3-3 at the end of the third quarter. And then the Saints just ran out of gas. Now, the Saints have the same complaint that we had against Cleveland. The officiating kind of went the direction of Tom Brady in the end of that game. I actually agree with that sentiment for Saints fans, but I've told a number of Saints fans as well, hey, look, the referees can be as bad as they need to be. You turn the ball over, you throw three picks to Tom Brady, he's going to beat you 95% of the time, but they wore down and Tampa Bay got them at the end. It's a beatable team that is their own 50-yard field goal away from also being 0-2. The Saints might be good. They might be bad. I don't know that anybody for sure knows that yet, Zoe, but they are very much a beatable football team for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. You know, and on the other side of that, uh, the Saints are looking at Carolina Panthers and thinking the same thing. They're 0-2. They've got a long losing streak. We're going to come in. We're going to get – get another win. This is going to help us. We're going to look better. Uh, so they're going to come in with the confidence thinking maybe this team is as bad as the media is portraying them to be. And that would be a mistake if they do that because the Panthers aren't bad. It isn't like they've been getting beat down and, and beaten by like 21 points every game and don't belong on the field. I mean, as bad as, as the offense played in the very first game against Cleveland, they were still in that game. This last game, the defense stepped up. This next game, which is with the Saints, it's time for the offense to step up and finally see Carolina play uh, as close to a complete game as they can at this early stage. I uh, so 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 I agree with that. Uh, it is a divisional game for New Orleans. Obviously, they are now one and one within the division. The Saints are a team that had playoff aspirations. Some sports books had the Saints as the fourth or fifth highest odds to make the Super Bowl. 
out of the NFC. They got a first-year head coach in Dennis Allen. It's not his first year as a head coach. He's obviously done it before. It did not go well for him in Los Angeles slash Las Vegas, but he's a guy who's got a little experience, obviously learned under Sean Sean Payton, Pete Carmichael, still calling the plays for New Orleans. But Jameis, right? Like, what do we make of Jameis Winston? You got a guy who last year before his knee exploded, Jameis Winston was going to win the NFL's comeback player of the year award. He was just going to. He was playing lights out football until the knee popped. He comes out this year. He has an okay game against Atlanta in week one. He throws three picks in Tampa against Tampa in week two. But then we also found out that Jameis Winston was playing with four fractures in his back. I'm not a doctor, nor did I stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. But that sounds um, bad and painful. And he played through that. If Jameis Winston is a little trigger shy from getting hit, This is the game where Brian Burns, this is a game where Derek Brown, this is a game where Etor Gross Matos, this is a game I need those boys to eat, right? I need you to cook. It's a Saints offensive line that's supposed to be good, but has given up pressures so far this year. This is arguably arguably going to be the best defensive line the Saints have played all year long, and they have showed that Jameis can be gotten to. So I need the front four boys to cook, and I need them to eat, because if they do... They force the Saints into a more one-dimensional running team, and I feel much more comfortable about, about that, especially if Alvin Kamara is indeed still struggling with an ankle injury, as it is reported that he is. So I, I agree with you uh, as far as that goes, but don't sell Jameis short. We've seen other quarterbacks play with similar injuries. If I recall, I think uh, Cam Newton had uh, messed up back after his car accident. I think Tony Romo played with uh, some, some messed up back. Uh, and some other big-time quarterbacks have played with it before. So as long as they don't go in thinking, oh, he's hurt, he's not going to be able to do the things that he usually does, then they'll be fine. But he should be slower, absolutely, and he should be tentative. But he's he's a gamer. He's going to be out there. He's going to be playing hard. But you take a couple hits, you start feeling that a little bit more than you did at the beginning of the game. 